right. Hello, podcast world. <laughs> we are on week four. Oh, I just closed out my notes. Uh, oh, yeah, week three. Thank you, Maddie. Week three of Exodus. So what did you guys think? Did you guys read Exodus 3 for this week? It's okay if you didn't. That's okay. I forgive you. Um, what do you guys remember or what stuck out to you from last week? What kind of, what was the main point? What will you take with you? Maddie realized that Moses killed a man. You did. It's like, bye, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's crazy that the Bible says, like, he looked left and right and then buried him. Like God, I was watching. I was like, yeah. I was like, what? Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. What? What else? What else stuck out to you guys, or what do you I, remember? I think just like how God like allowed good to still come through that like really terrible event of like mm. all the babies getting killed. Like the Israelites were like, this is this is the worst. Yeah. Like, this cannot get any worse than it is right now because like they're literally having us like they're literally killing our children. Mm. But God like still brought like good through it not like because of it but it still like came yeah yeah like he be evil didn't stop god yeah yeah mm-hmm. would you like this pillow to lean up against i have some pillows here too that i'm not using i think one thing that stood out to me was like the very last verse where he's like i'm concerned like it's like it's a nice it's mm-hmm. like concerned yeah yeah i love the way that it says like he heard he knew he saw and then he remembered it was like all the, like the Bible really wants you to know that God was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we see in chapter two, Moses as a baby put into a basket because Pharaoh commanded all the baby boys to be killed. So his mom puts him in the basket. He floats down the river, and he connects with Pharaoh's daughter, which is like the evil guy's daughter, and he ends. She ends up saving him. He's raised as an Egyptian, but he knows that he's Hebrew. And then one day he goes out, he kills someone because, well, he kills an Egyptian because the Egyptian's beating up the Hebrew. And then he flees to Midian, I believe. Midian? Um, or something with an N. Yeah, that's Yeah, Midian. Um, and then we see that he gets married. So congrats, Moses. But we never really hear about his wife again. And then we see that God is very concerned for the people. And we are reminded that God is sovereign in it all. Um, so what do you guys remember what, about what the word sovereign means? Yeah. Wow, Maddie, you listen so well. I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to like get it exactly right. But do you remember like the Jess? I don't. It's like he's in control. Mm-hmm. He knows. Yeah. There's one more, but I, I wrote it all down. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. He's he's like intricately in control of all things. So like everything nothing slips past him he's in control of all things he works all things together for his glory um so this week we're diving into exodus 3 and it's a really important chapter and it's referred to a lot in sermons and it's referenced a lot it's when moses has this interaction with god and god is presenting himself in the form of a burning bush um so it's just like whoa he's like walking in the walking around and then boom bush on fire like that catches anyone atten- anyone's attention and so he kind of has this interaction with God and God shares who he is to Moses by revealing his name um so why are names so important 
why do we have names? And they're just like identifiers. Like yeah. Help you like understand you are kind of and like show that to people yeah it's like an identity thing Mm -hmm. I think of like people become their names like Elise is Elise like there's (laughs) no other name that I would pick for Elise because that's just Mm -hmm. you just embody the name Elise and like Kayla you look like a Kayla like you are Kayla and so like names are given to us and then they become like part of who we are um but people change their names and like that's like like I changed my last name because it just symbolizes that now I identify with something new and then in the Bible we see that sometimes people change their names because like Saul becomes Paul because now he identifies with Christ um, so names are a big deal and they're an identifier um, so God reveals his name to us and I'm really excited because it says a lot about who God is um, so we come sometimes we come to the Bible with our own idea of who God is and but that's like sometimes really dangerous because whenever God reveals himself or says who he is we need to listen up because sometimes we come with our own biases but sometimes our biases and our ideas of who God is don't match up with who he actually is um so when he like reveals himself and when he says this is my name this is who I am this is what I stand for that is what he stands for that is who he is so we can form who we think God is around the actual truth of who God is um so yeah we can go ahead and read chapter three luckily we're only reading one chapter this week so it won't take all that long to read um, who's comfortable with reading out loud? I can. Okay, cool. Um, Kayla, could you read 1 through 10? And then Maddie, could you read 11 through 22? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Uh, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the father. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flown with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am as I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. 
This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you, you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Sounds like parasites. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, yeah, that's right. A land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Awesome. Thank you guys for reading. Um, so Moses is just going about his day. He's just living his life in Midian, his just average life. He probably hasn't forgotten about Egypt. We talked about last week how it's probably like out of sight, out of out of mind, where that was like a different life for him. And, so the, probably the suffering of the Israelites is not on the front of his mind, but in God's mind, it's on the front of God's mind. Like we talked about last week, God kind of moves it to the front burner, and he's stirring the pot. He's ready to take action. Um, so God grabs Moses' attention um, because he sees a bush that is burning but is not consumed. Um, and, that, and I love this because it shows something really cool about who the Lord is, that the Lord is this powerful, holy, mighty like being who never ever stops being who he is like the fire doesn't consume the bush just like how god will never stop being who he is um but this fire this holiness consumes us right so like in hebrews i think it's hebrews twelve twenty nine. it says our god is a consuming fire so the holiness of god is too much for us um he's too holy for us but god will never stop being holy um so really cool picture of the power of god so moses is comes face to face with the presence of God but not face to face with the presence of God because God has to kind of hide himself in a bush because if God actually came out Moses would immediately die um because God is so holy um but it's this picture of the power of God and once God has Moses' attention he speaks to him and he has two instructions um what does God tell Moses to do well after he says Moses Moses and Moses says here I am what does he tell him to do yeah. Yeah. Take off your sandals and do not come near. Yeah, he's like, stay away. <laughs> and also, take off your shoes. Uh, because of where you're standing is holy ground. So, why do you think Moses would need to keep his distance from the bush? It's just a bush. Why did he need to keep his distance? Well, like you said, he's so holy that yeah. maybe getting too close might have done harm. Yeah. Yeah, God was so holy that his holiness portrayed in the bush was too much for a human to handle. So he's like, Moses, I love you. Take two steps back. Like, get away. You're not holy enough. Because um, this is God. He's holy and powerful and way beyond our comprehension. And his perfection should be taken with all seriousness. And he says, take off your sandals. And so I kind of like did some research into like what this meant. Because I was like, 
I picture like the ground around the bush to be very hot. So I'm like, mm. why would the sand? Why would God be like, take off your sandals? Like, wouldn't that burn his feet? Um, but I was wrong. Um, I looked it up, and at this time, the poorest people didn't own shoes because they couldn't afford them, and the servants that would like serve in houses or like the slaves wouldn't wear shoes. And so it's this symbol of being low and the symbol of being humble is to take off your shoes. And then like when you sometimes when you come into someone's house, you take off your they take off your shoes. It's a sign of like kind of um, just like leaving them at the door, respecting their space. Um, obviously, I don't really care. I'm wearing my own shoes in my own yeah. home. Uh, but in some people's houses, they're like, please take off your shoes. Um, it's a sign of like respect and humility and kind of making yourself low Um, Moses was in God's house because he was in the presence of God and so God was like take off your sandals humble yourself you're before an almighty powerful God Um, so we have this picture that Moses puts on display for us what what the holiness of God demands out of us Um, but the crazy part about us is when we're in the we're in the new covenant which means we're we're past when Jesus comes and Jesus died for our sins and bridges the gap between us in our sinful state and God in his perfect state and he covers it and makes us holy before God so we don't have to stay back from God anymore Uh, we get to draw near but we still get to have this same awe respect and just total amazement about the holiness of God and to take off our sandals and humble ourselves before an almighty God and say woe is me like who am I Um, but still get to experience this really intimate relationship with the Lord um, so God really got Moses' attention. Um, and so my question for you guys is, how has God gotten your attention before? What does that look like in your life? I know for me, sometimes when I really mess up is when I realize... God or when I hit rock bottom that's when God gets my attention um, definitely like a wake up call I guess I think whenever I'm like worried about something or struggling with something hmm. like and then I go to church and the service about that exact situation yeah. I'm going through yeah. right there <laughs> gotcha. okay, you're like okay God because <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear that yeah. yeah it's crazy how much like how often that happens and, like, almost every single Christian will say that's happened to them. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. How else do you feel like the Lord has gotten your attention before? I think, like, for me, whenever I get, like, really um, angry or, like, despondent about something specific, like, instead of, like, kind of hiding away and, like, going into, like, I don't know, like, social media or, like, trying to find other methods of like ignoring that problem instead of doing that and going like straight to God in prayer or straight to his word or just like saying like God like I have no ability to like ignore this or to like change it and I'm very upset about it and I'm upset about the way that I'm reacting to it if that makes sense yeah. but going straight to him and having just like that peace and that like awe like what you were saying in the moment and like going to the word instead of like going to myself yeah is kind of like saying like oh Okay, God is real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I should go to you for everything. Yeah, so. like, oh, yeah. wake up call. Wake up call. You're there, and I'm. I need to go to you. Instead I need to of, go to your talk to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's far too easy to become distracted and to lose our sight of who God is. Um, like Moses, he just flees to Midian, and then 
you know, probably just goes about his life and then is out in the wilderness one day and then boom, interaction with the Lord, everything changes. And sometimes the Lord um, does that in our lives, but we also have a responsibility to like remind ourselves who the Lord is. Um, so yeah, jumping back into the text, what is Moses's response to the holiness of God? What does he say next? Or what, he doesn't really say anything, but what does he do? Yeah. He, yeah, he hides his face and he's afraid to look at God. Do you guys think this is like an appropriate response? I mean, he kills someone. Very <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, huh. he's ashamed. Like, he huh. knows like, he's done it wrong. I mean, he's like being, I don't know. I was like, maybe he's being like called out. Hmm. He's like, oh, like, oh, he saw everything. Right. That's what I took it as. Huh. I didn't even think about that, but that's <laughs> so true. He's probably like, all the sin he's ever committed, he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so in that case, it would be a very appropriate response to be very scared. Kind of reminds me of, like, in Genesis, when the fall happens, like, Adam and Eve hide their face from God and they are afraid. Mm-hmm. I mean, when kind you just get in trouble, they always do. Yeah, just let me hide. <laughs> yeah, so definitely an appropriate response for a sinner in the presence of God to be afraid um the fear of god sometimes actually looks like fear Uh, we don't have to stay like terribly terrifyingly afraid of god because he is full of love and mercy and grace Um, but sometimes when we come face to face with our sin and then we come face to face with god's holiness the response is i want to hide and i'm fearful um but god does not draw away from moses um rather and god didn't come god didn't meet moses out in the wilderness to be like you murdered someone, and you ran away from Egypt, and you did this, and you did this, and you did this. Like, God didn't come there to shame him. God comes there to call him to something much greater than what Moses could ever imagine. Um, God called him there to tell him about God's strength, not Moses' strength or Moses' weaknesses. Um, So God tells Moses that he sees the suffering of all his people, and he's going to do something about it. Um, As what you guys have read, how would you summarize God's plan of redemption for his people? You don't have to say all the big names of the people. <laughs> <laughs> so are these, like, Hebrew people, too? Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't um, know what those people are, like, the Canaanites. Yeah, um, that's a good... Yeah, I think they're just people that live in different lands around the promised land that the Lord is going to give them victory over. So the people will go to, like, Canaan, defeat the Canaanites, um, and so on and so forth. Um, He's basically saying that, like, no matter what, like, the Israelites are going to make it through. Um, But I'll double-check on that. I don't really know all the specifics about these different, like, things. (laughs) But I do know that, like, later on in Exodus, God gives them victory over all these people. Or I guess later on in, I think it's Numbers that he does. Um, but yeah, God's plan is to just bring the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and bring them into the promised land, which God describes as a place flowing with milk and honey, which sounds amazing because it just, like, sounds like a good place. Yeah. <laughs> it's got milk and honey. I love honey. And, like, I don't know, it just seems like a very peaceful, restful place. So God's plan looks awesome. Um, and what's Moses' role? What's God asking of Moses? To go tell the Pharaoh. Yeah. He's like, go tell Pharaoh. What do you think is going on in Moses' mind? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, if I go back there, I'm dying. Like, are you crazy, God? You're going to call me to go die? Yeah. What, what else do you think is going on in his mind? Even the Israelite people, like, the first week we talked about how there's, like, two million of them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, go be in charge of two million people and talk to the most powerful man on earth. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, <It's>, burning bush. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just try to process that. I'm like, you stop doing burning bush. Like, yeah. Just, it's crazy to, like, comprehend. I know. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. I and we won't even really know exactly how it happened till heaven. Sometimes I like yeah. to think of like heaven. God will like have like a like a constant movie theater going of like all the different stories in the Bible, maybe, and, and we can watch more detail. Yeah, like can we put like like some just context? Bush episode, please. Season two, episode three. We'll <laughs> 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 have to see about Adam and Eve again. Yeah, <laughs> we're really with the apple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to be such a like interesting part of heaven. But there's also some things in the Bible that I'm like, I'd rather not see that played out. But um, so yeah, um, probably a lot of fear, panic, inadequacy, anxiety, like Kayla said. Um, but God says, um, "Well, Moses, you're my man, and I chose you." And Moses says, "Like, who am I? Like, why me?" Basically, um, have you guys ever asked that question to God before? Like, why me? why did you choose me for this or why am I going through this or like why am I in this position um I know I have um so Moses asked this question of like who am I to go before Pharaoh and call the children out of Israel um and the next part is really important it says a lot about who God is because in this moment it would be like it would be nice like if God like gave Moses a pep talk and he's like well Moses I chose you because you have great hair and a great personality Mm -hmm. and you're really tall and I think you'd be a really good looking leader and Mm -hmm. you can speak really well and you can do this and you can do that and you got this and you're awesome. But that's not what God does. God doesn't say anything about Moses. God says everything about himself. Um, So he says, I will be with you and I am the one sending you and I will do as I promised. So God's response word for word is, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, and you shall serve the God on this mountain. So the mountain that Moses is standing on, God is like, one day you will be back here, and you will have a bunch of freed slaves with you, freed Israelites, and I will do what I promised. Um, so God does not give Moses a pep talk. God rather says, I will be with you. Um, so why, how would this, when we experience fear, panic, anxiety in our life, how would knowing the presence of God change anything about our situation? You would pull a door three times before I leave. Hmm. Yeah, okay, we're good. Bye. Yeah. Bye, work. Yeah, like knowing the presence of God was with you, would that change? Yeah. Just, I don't know, I feel like I'd be trying that. Okay, just one time, just go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I think that's my thing. Yeah. You said you're doing it three times now? I use the garage now. <laughs> don't, I don't, I, I just avoid it. I, like, I push the door, like, yeah. before I 
that her door in the garage is a little tricky. Yeah. But I feel like knowing, having that, like, knowing that he's there might be a little bit better. Hmm. Instead of just freaking out. Yeah. Yesterday I had a lot of anxiety because it was the first day of school. Yeah. I check a lot hmm. of things. I, like, I check things. Yeah. And pictures. To right. Make sure. So I just... And, like, even knowing, like, God is sovereign over this yeah. door. Yes, it's, like, just knowing that he's there. It's, like, yeah. what? And I'm, like, I'm literally having an anxiety attack, and he's, like, standing right here, like. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it, it, for me, I think it's dumb for myself. I'm, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you check, you check the coffee pot three times. Coffee pot's off. Yeah. And, and then you can just, like, ch- trust God with the coffee pot. I, I, yeah. Like. It's, it was, I was very stressed today, so I didn't yeah. know why. But usually I'm pretty good. Huh. That's so cool, so cool though, that you can. Like, you see where you can apply, mm-hmm. like, even stuff from Exodus to something that you're struggling with, like, right now. Yeah. And maybe it won't change overnight, but I know, like... We're getting there. We're getting better. Yeah. I used to pull the door a total of, like, 21 times before I left the house. I, like, pull it really fast. Just like <laughs> I broke the door handle. So that's how it kind of simmered now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first met you, you told me that. And I was like, whoa. It, it, it was a big fear. I was, yeah. like, three. Yeah. Or just take a video. I think if I take a video, I'm a bit better. Like, video, get, get proof done. Yeah. This fear that it's not going to be locked. And that's going to be open. And then it'll be your why. fault. Yeah. 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 Don't know why. But yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But it's cool that you can you can start saying, I can trust God with this lock. Mm-hmm. And I can trust God that like, no matter what happens, he will do it. Some, like, yeah. And nothing slips past it. I would also go back home. Like, if I didn't, if I didn't trust myself, I'd actually go back home pulling it. Hmm. I haven't done that in a long time. That's good. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. He's showing himself. Yeah, that's awesome. It is very possible to have total freedom from that. Um, but yeah, God promises his presence, and that changes, like, everything. Um, he doesn't give him a pep talk. He just says, I'm with you. I'm like, isn't that enough? <laughs> like, that should give you enough confidence to know that, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I say I'm going to do, um, and I'm powerful, and so go do what I command you. Um, and, like, it should have been enough to just say, I'll be with you. But God takes it a step farther, and Moses says, okay, God, well, when the, I go to the people, and I tell them this, and they ask your name, what should I say? Um, and God says something that is so important. He says, this is what you should say to the people. I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Um, and this I am statement is so important in understanding who God is. It's this absolute statement, and it, it means, like, God is absolute. I am absolute. I am eternal. I am unchanging. I am perfect. I am holy. Um, he, he's, not, he's not I was or I will be. I am. Um, I think of, like, Elise. Like, she would say, I am Elise. Like, when you meet Elise, it's like, hi, I'm Elise. I would say, hi, I'm Riley. And God would say, hi, I just am. Like, because he always has been, and he always will be, and he never changes, and he's the absolute reality of all things. And he just, he just is. And it's just this weird way of putting it, which, like, none of our words in the English language or any language could do God justice for who he is. And so it just seems like the most simple thing to say, I am, does the God the most justice. Um, so this I am statement is where we get the English word Lord. Um, so when we say, like, uh, dear Lord, or um, the Lord is good. Um, the word Lord comes from I am. So like in the Hebrew language, the word I am, well, 
we translate I am from Hebrew, but it translates the Lord in our language. It's really confusing. But I am is Yahweh. Yahweh translates the Lord. Um, so every time we say Lord or we hear the word Yahweh, which we hear sometimes, we can think and remember that God is. God is absolute. God always has been. He is the great I am. Um, so why do you guys think God chose just I am? Like, why? Why that? I don't know. I feel like that's such a big question. I know. <laughs> I know, it is. It's almost like saying, you know who I am. Yeah. It's like, if I come up to you and just say, I am. Oh, huh. that's Maddie. I know who that is. Yeah. I'm just like, I think that's why I was thinking, like, oh, if I say, I am. Yeah, Something it's like, like you are what? You are what? And everybody, it's like for people to just be like, oh, I know. It's like, oh. Huh. I think that's what I was trying to yeah. concept. Like, you said, just say that. It's like, I don't know how I, I would comprehend that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the, like, it's supposed to be that way. Like, yeah. we're not supposed to comprehend God. And so it's just like, I am, I, you are what? <laughs> I am everything. I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, if yeah. you could hear it from Moses, too, like, that would be a thing. It's like, oh, uh, you hear it from Moses. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be like, hmm. you're Moses. Yeah. He's like, I am. I right. don't know when he's thinking about the speech. Yeah. Oh, like, when the people hear Moses yeah, say? Yeah, when he says, oh, I am who I am. Yeah. I feel like that's where I got confused. Yeah, that so, is confusing. Moses. Yeah, but... The people would be hearing it as the name of the God that is calling them out of Egypt is called I Am. So that's all he would say? He would just say I Am? Yeah, but in their language it was Yahweh. Oh, that makes, okay. I make it Yeah, I so but Yahweh translates to I Am. But Yahweh transforms the Lord. Yes. Okay, I get it. That yeah. makes sense. It's really confusing, and I'm not really that. sure exactly how it works, but... I was just thinking I Am. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I even wrote it down. That yeah. yeah but like everywhere else in the bible it says like lord it doesn't say i am said this but it is really cool in john 8 jesus says i am like he's talking to the pharisees and he's like i am he and that is a claim to his deity claim to he is god because he's saying that like he is yahweh basically um so it's just really cool like all the jewish people knew exactly who i am was um, so yeah, why God explains his name and then he tells Moses what he needs to do. So why do you think God would explain who he is before he would command Moses to go do something? Or let me rephrase. Cause he's gonna, he's like taking like two steps back. He tells Moses, like he tells Moses what to do and then he says his name and then he gives Moses a list of commands to tell the Israelites what to do. So why would he explain who he is before he tells the Israelites what they need to be doing? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I feel like practically, like if I'm envisioning this conversation, <clears throat> it's probably like the shock of like, oh, this is God. Mm-hmm. And God's like just telling this stuff. And Moses is still just like, this is God. He's like, yes, I am God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's gonna say it a couple times. Yeah. 
Yeah, he probably said it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Moses was like, kind of like, Wait, Wait, who are you? Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, Moses wrote this book, right? So maybe he left out like a, like a few, like, you are? You are yes, I am. Yes, I am. Moses is like, I won't put that in there. That makes me but yeah, God God goes into depth about who he is just by saying I am because he's saying that he's like he's the only God, he's absolute. Um, and he says in verse 15, this is my name forever and I'll be remembered through all the generations. And then he says, go and gather the elders and he tells them all the things that he'll do. Um, so the people have to know who God is, why they should trust him before they do anything he says. Just how like you don't want to just go do like if Brooke and I just met and she told me to go su- do something that was kind of like crazy, like leave my hometown, I'd be like, well, Brooke, prove to me that your character, that you have a reliable like character and that I know you, like I wouldn't just trust anybody. And so the people need to know who God is, that he's this reliable, um, trustworthy source so that they can do what he says. And the same goes for us. We have to know who God is, respect like what he says, to know that he's absolute truth that's the only way that we're going to be able to live a life that, like, he calls us to is if we trust him completely. Um, and then the kind of reverse, it's really interesting. Whenever we sin and fall short, it always ties back to something we don't believe about God. So if, like, we are really greedy, that ties back to the fact that we don't trust that God will provide for us. Or if we're, like, um, if we struggle with lust, it's going back to the fact that we don't think God made all people in his image therefore we shouldn't look at them lustfully um so everything that we struggle with typically goes back to something that we don't believe about god um so yeah god wants the people to believe him so he reveals himself um i was gonna say i think it's interesting how like he has to say like the god of abraham god of isaac and jacob like i just yeah i think it's just interesting how like just the fact that he's god just isn't enough for some people yeah like he's like no like I've got like I have clout, like you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like God is God. <laughs> yeah, like, he's I, like citing his references. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Because, like God shouldn't have to do that. Like, right. Just, no, like no, that's God. Right. He said to do it, so let's do it. Right. Like I just think that's really interesting. That is so interesting. And the, I, I like that's like a fault of man, but I think hmm. that like God identified that fault and was like, yeah, I need to put this in words to like help you. Right. Even though you shouldn't have to. Right. Rather than being like, you should believe in me because I said so. Yeah. He's like, no, here are people that you really respect. Abraham, mm-hmm. Isaac, Jacob. I'm the God that they all trusted in. Mm-hmm. Which is so really do you cool. think since he was like Egyptian, like since he was raised by Egyptians, he wasn't like raised to know God? And maybe oh. that's why? I don't know. Because like, I, that's where I, I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know. Because if he's questioning, like, but it's like if you respect those other people. Hmm. And he would have to know something. Right. Do you like, guys think that Moses knew anything about God before his interaction with the bush? I feel like he probably knew some stuff just from, like, being around Israelites. <clears throat> like, he probably knew that their beliefs were different, mm-hmm. and that's also kind of why they were being, like, forced into, like, slavery per se. Yeah. Um, so, like, he probably kind of knew a little mm-hmm. bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, he he saw from afar, mm-hmm. maybe what it looked like. But he didn't really like know. Thought. Yeah, I mean he knew he was Hebrew, so maybe he was watching people. Like, yeah, that were Hebrew, maybe he right. things up. So 
And his mom did play a role in his life for at least until he was old enough to take care of himself. So she probably tried to slip like stories of like, you know, bedtime stories of Abraham and bedtime stories of Noah <laughs> and like, you know, all those things. So he probably had some idea, but he he didn't know what he was getting into when he's going on his afternoon stroll <laughs> and then ran into the bush. No one prepared him for that. Didn't he like stay with like a priest of Midian? Was that yeah, a was that yeah, a yeah. Was that his or yeah? So was he huh. like, surrounded oh. with like believers anyway? Yeah, maybe. So, unless it was a priest for another religion, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point, Elise. Yeah, I'm not really sure. A priest of Midian who had seven daughters. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Midian was like a predominantly like God believing people group. But I'll look at that up this week because that would be really interesting to see if like maybe Moses really was following the Lord. Yeah, who knows? If anyone on the podcast knows, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, so going back to the text, God tells him to gather the elders from Israel, and the elders are like the leaders of the Hebrew people of the Israelites, and the elders were going to believe him. Um, they were like going to be totally on board. Um, they were going to trust Moses as their leader and trust that God was going to be faithful to his promise, um, which is great. It's like, oh, perfect. Um, I have my people on my side. And then God says that for Pharaoh, it'll be the opposite. Pharaoh will not release the people. Pharaoh will not be on board. Um, his heart will be very hard. Very hard. Um, and what verse is it? that? Uh, I think it's 19. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compi- compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. So Moses knows going into this that this is not going to be an easy task that Pharaoh is not going to be happy, that he will not, he will not relent, he will not give up very easily. Um, but this shows us that God's sovereign hand works in people's hearts that are soft and people's hearts that are hard. And God's hand alone can soften a hard heart. Um, and we'll see this. Um, it's so interesting once we get into the parables. We'll see that sometimes God hardens Pharaoh's heart, but sometimes Pharaoh hardens his own heart. Um, so what... How would you guys describe, like, like we say that a lot, like hard hearts, soft hearts. How would you guys describe that in your own words? Well, um, didn't, like, in the Bible, God, like, say something about how whenever, like, the Spirit comes into you, like, once you believe, it kind of softens your heart? Yeah. As long as you don't, like, grieve it? Yeah. So it kind of softens you to follow God and to mm. love God to yeah. love other things in the world? Yeah. So is that kind of what it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The spirit of God is the one that changes our hearts, and so until we know God, until we know Jesus as our Savior, our hearts are like very hard. Very like when I think before I knew Jesus, my heart was very hard, very hard. And a hard heart looks like someone that doesn't want to follow the Lord, probably hates anything that has to do with the Lord, and doesn't really want to listen to it. Um, but a soft heart looks like someone who's slowly willing to learn, slowly willing to. Um, hear more about the Lord, and then eventually totally submits their life to him. So Pharaoh, hard heart, we'll see that. He has like the hardest heart of all. Um, 
and but God still works through it. God is sovereign. Even the hardest heart will not stop God's plan, and ultimately God uses it for his glory. Um, so I think this is so interesting that whether we have soft hearts or hard hearts to the Lord, God's will is going to be done. So why don't we just have soft hearts? Because um, it's so much easier for us. But uh, we harden our hearts sometimes. But then we also see that sometimes God hardens our hearts. Um, we'll talk about that more um, next week, which will be really interesting. Um, so I made a list based on this sermon I listened to from John Piper. Um, and he preached on like, I am. He preached on like that. And it was a really good sermon. I'll have to send it to you guys if you guys are interested. Um, but I kind of like changed some of the way that he worded things because he uses really big words sometimes. And it's just like, okay, you're too smart, John. You need to tone it down. Um, but it's just a list of eight things which about what it means when God says that he is the great I am. Um, so I'll go slow if anyone's taking notes. And I can maybe send it in a group message too. Um, so he, number one, he never had a beginning. He's always been. Um, two, he will never have an end. Three, he is the absolute reality. Um, so that means that nothing exists without him, which is really interesting to think about. If God ever stopped existing, which will never happen, we would all immediately die because everything is tied back to the Lord. He's the ultimate, absolute reality. Um, four, he's independent and self-sustaining. He doesn't need anyone. He didn't create us because he need, needed us. He created us because he loves us and he wants us to love him, but he doesn't need us. He's totally independent. Five, Nothing is more powerful than God, and nothing else even comes close. Six, he is consistent. Seven, he is the standard of truth. And eight, he can do anything he wants, and it will always be perfect, good, right, and true. That was a lot. But that was really helpful for me to understand exactly what the name I am is. And I'll send this in the group message. Okay. For you note-takers. I'll send that after the group. So yeah, pretty cool. Do any of those in particular stand out to you guys? The absolute reality one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he's not here, we're not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one really stuck out to me too. I was like, well, thank goodness he's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I slip into thinking that maybe God needs me though like in my pride I'm yeah. like oh he needs me I'm really important <laughs> look but, at the good thing I did yeah but no he just like you said he just loves and he puts us here to to display his glory and to like show us his love and for us to love him back yeah that's really cool I think he never had a beginning hmm. I just think that's really cool even though it's really hard Thing about yeah, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah, which is when like the name I am kind of starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't really describe that he had never had a beginning. He just was. He just did. Yeah. 
good. Yeah, I like that he is the standard of truth. So sometimes it's really hard to f- figure out what truth is. Especially, like, what do they call it? A postmodern society that we're living in? Maybe not postmodern. Is that what it is? Where it's like, there is no absolute truth. You make up your own truth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm probably yeah. using the wrong. No, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very, I feel like, educated thing to say, and I'm not very educated. But, <laughs> um, but, like, when in an age where there is no, like, absolute truth god is our absolute truth so when the truth is foggy we can go to him and know that he's always going to be right and his way is always true so yeah really cool to think about um and we could spend the rest of our lives thinking about it because he's god and he never ends so there's always going to be new things to think about him um so yeah i have a few questions before before we wrap up um so how does reading this passage help you understand the fear of the lord more How does this passage help you understand the fear of the Lord? Just always there. Yeah. Clap. He gets you like a little looking at something. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you while you look at this because I'm always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like going to remind you. Yeah. He's there consistently. Yeah. That's good. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not very specific. Like, the time gap between like the beginning of chapter two Mm. and like the beginning of chapter three but like I don't think it's like I mean we don't know like much about Moses's life and like we're missing like a lot of it Mm. so like maybe murder was a common thing for him but like I'm assuming like probably not so like even though like God wasn't there for like to punish him or anything like Mm. that like I don't think that anything that God does is a coincidence Mm. so like I think it's probably purposeful that like Moses was kind of in the midst of like sin and like making wrong decisions even though like he was empathetic towards others yeah and so I think it's like God's timing is just always right Mm. yeah yeah I love that I love the way he words that yeah the Moses murdering someone didn't stop God for, from interceding in Moses' life when he did. Which is really cool. Yeah. Definitely we learn a lot about God in this passage. And we see how sometimes the, like, we should actually fear God for his holiness. But we also have this awesome opportunity to have like an intimate relationship with him too. Um, so yeah, a lot to think about. Um, so kind of like I mentioned before, sometimes we view God wrongly or we think of, we think of our own version of God. So have there ever been times in your life that you realize now looking back that you viewed God in a way that he, that's actually not who he was? Does that question make sense? Kind of. Like what are some wrong ways you've viewed God? that now you see his character and you know that's not who he actually is? I think, like, for me, like, strangely enough, like, I didn't really imagine God as much of, like, of a merciful and loving God, mm. which is weird because, like, I mean, I was told that, like, my entire life. So now I was just like, what <laughs> but, but I don't know. I mean, I guess my heart heart is just hard to that. And I'm still learning about it. Like, it's it's nothing that I'm like, like, mm. yes, that's it, that's the end more than that yeah and just kind of like I don't know just hearing like these various like 
descriptions of God, but not actually, like, taking them seriously. Hmm. And I still don't really take it seriously, not seriously enough, but just, like, back then, I look back, I'm like, huh, like, I didn't actually, like, look into that. Like, I didn't actually dig deeper into, like, who God was and how he is powerful just as much as he is, like, compassionate and how, Uh. like, he is forgiving just as much as he's, like, also, um, I don't know what the word is, like, I want to say judging, Hmm. I don't know. He's a I don't judge, think yeah. he's a judge. Yeah, but he's also forgiving at the same time. Right. That's just like proven by the cross. And I don't know. Like it's just it's really interesting to look back on that and see like how God yeah. teaches me and how He's going to continue to because I still don't know anything. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. He's like all those things, the perfect degree, yet none of them cancel out one another. He's right. like, he does them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll never fully understand it. No. <laughs> but it's really cool to spend our lives trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. No. <laughs> yeah. What are some other ways that you guys have viewed God wrongly in your life? I look back at, like, old friend groups, and it was, like, trusting friends mm-hmm. for all of the answers. And I look back in high school, I mean, I had some good friends, but I also didn't have great friends. And I mean, I knew who God was, but I wasn't, like, I don't know. Like, it was, like, it was weird. Like, yeah. Like, I knew who he was, but, like, I just didn't know characteristics. I was, like, I know he's there, but I yeah. don't really know many things about, like, trusting and putting my, like, worth and faith and everything in him. And then, like, I don't know. Like, I like I look at, I had really bad, bad anxiety. But, mm-hmm. like, I tried trusting my friends. They didn't give me good advice, even though I was the one who gave advice all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Now, like, it's just different. I have so many great friends. Yeah. So I, he put me in a position for a reason, mm. and now it's just cool to see the trust process yeah. go through more. It's like, trust him first, ask him, and then go to a good Christian friend huh, yeah. before. Yeah, now yeah. I'm surrounded by good Christian people. Yeah, yeah, that's there awesome. Go. Yeah, it's cool how, to think back to before, like, maybe you knew who Jesus, like, you accepted yeah. Jesus as your Savior, like, your view of God was totally different than now. Yeah. Yeah, which is natural, because you had... You really had no relationship with him before Jesus. So now he's, like, revealing himself to you, which is really cool. I feel like, um, like, the person that he's minus, like, I feel like just a really common, like, struggle for, like, teenage Christians. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the whole, like, oh, if you're a Christian, you can't do this, you can't do this. Like, yeah. you can't, like, that. And, like, people think that, like, ever, like, younger, like, versions of ourselves like think that like oh god's putting these rules in my life and being mm. a christian like has so many boundaries and all yeah. this stuff but like as you become older and i think like right at the age now we realize like god doesn't put those things in place so we don't have fun or we like mm. hate our lives like god's like putting those boundaries in place for us to, like help us like respect him mm. and like protect ourselves right. from sin and temptation mm. and like i think that's like a common way in which like as you age like how your viewpoint of God yeah. changes. oh for sure that's gonna be my answer too yeah just like how i used to view like god as just like very rigid like rules that like took away from the fun of life mm-hmm. but i see now more than ever that those <coughs> rules give me more freedom mm-hmm. i'm not a slave to sin i'm a child of god and so it's mm-hmm. like huh, the, the truth of the Lord, when we walk in it, that is freedom, mm-hmm. not, like, the stuff that we could be involved with in the world. Yeah, it's so true. Um, 
Yeah, it's really cool to think about how, like, your view of God has changed. Um, last question, because I have to pee so bad. <laughs> 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 um, so God, God's answer to Moses' question of, who am I to do this task, was, look who I am. Um, so what does this mean for us today? Relative to who God is or relative to who we are? Uh, both. Okay. Wait, what's the question again? I'm sorry. Um, it's kind of like a whole statement. But God's answer to Moses' question of who am I to do this task was, look who I am. What does this mean for us today? I think it means to, like, actually look at who mm-hmm. is in the word and actually, yeah. like, search for it in the word and, like, to be reminded of it and, like, talk through the spirit to just, like, have that, I don't know how to explain it, just, like, to just be aware that he's sovereign. Yeah. And, like, just remind yourself that you, like, though, like, things are imperfect now, like, he is setting up, like, a more perfect kingdom than now, so yeah. that, like, you just have to just remind yourself of it, but also allow him to remind you of it mm. through his word and through his spirit. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Look to God. Yeah, sometimes we're tempted to look inward. Like, oh man, I wish someone would give me a pep talk. Which pep talks are good. Encouragement is good. But it's like, sometimes the answer isn't a pep talk or someone telling you you're awesome or someone praising you. Sometimes the answer is looking to God and reminding yourself who he is and that he's the one working through you so you can do your job well with a million kids and at Chicago's and working like crazy. Like, you can do that. And you can go, like train in the National Guard and you can do that and like Elise can be an awesome painter because of who God is not because you're awesome but because God is sovereign and good and working through you um so yeah next week Exodus 4 um if you get the chance to read it that'd be awesome and the focus question is that's two focus questions number one why would God why would God choose to use weak people because Moses is going to reveal that he's a very weak guy so why would God choose to use weak people and two why would it ever be in God's good plan to harden someone's heart yeah why would it ever be in God's good plan to harden someone's heart Exodus 4 if you get the chance um after Exodus 4, we're going to start reading two to three chapters a week. So just prep yourself for that. And yeah, uh, I'll pray for us, and then I'm going to pee, and then we'll do prayer requests. <laughs> and anyone else can pee. Anyone can pee if you want. <laughs> no one can <laughs> Including you, podcast listeners. You may go take a potty break. <laughs> All right, I'll pray for us. Uh, well, actually, would anyone else like to pray for us? I feel like I always pray. Uh, you should pray because you have to go pee. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for who you are, that you are um, a God who we don't understand, but we can try to understand, and um, a God who was and is and is to come, that you're the great I am. Lord, would you just help us remember that name this week, that um, because of who you are um, is who we are, and Lord, I just pray for all these um, girls here tonight, that they would um, learn to love you more and see more of your love in their life, and that... um, 
they would be amazed by your holiness and your perfection and your glory, but they would always be they would also be amazed by your mercy and your love um, and the gift of Christ um, that we get because you love us, Lord. Um, would you help us be lights in the world and to just share the gospel when we have the opportunity? Um, yeah, God, just help us live every day for you. We love you, Lord. You know, I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.